Where the blue of the night meets the gold of the day. Someone waits for... Wait a minute, folks. You ain't heard nothing yet. Hello, Al Jolson speaking. Al, this is Ken Carpenter at the Kraft Music Hall. You're supposed to be over here. From Hollywood, the Jimmy Durante Show. Ink, a dink a dink, a dink a do, a dink a dink. Oh, what a tooth! A dink a dink, a dink a dink, a dink a dink. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Bing Crosby Show and the Al Jolson Show and the Jimmy Durante Show. We start off tonight with the Bing Crosby Show and his guest, Jack Benny. I love it when Jack comes on the Bing Crosby Show. The dialogue between these two is always fantastic. Just a, a wonderful show. I'm so glad we have it in such good sound quality. And then following that, we have Cary Grant appearing with Al Jolson on The Al Jolson Show, with Oscar Levant as well, of course. Uh, Cary Grant's performance here is unfortunately not the best because the sound quality of the episode is so poor. Um, It's better than some we presented, but worse than a lot. Um, It's all I could find. So uh, I still decided to play it second since Cary Grant is a pretty amazing guest. So I think you'll enjoy the episode if you can get past some of the technical uh, sound issues with it. And then following that, we have a beautiful sounding episode of the Jimmy Durante show where Jimmy Durante uh, is going to be dealing with some flying lessons that he's going to have. So I think you're going to enjoy all three shows tonight. Two gigantic guests, two of the biggest guests you could ever have, probably in Jack Benny and Cary Grant. So I hope you're going to enjoy all three shows, and let's get on with the show. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for... Notice how I make you stand out tonight? This is Ken Carpenter, welcoming you to Philco Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guest. Yeah. Uh, say, Bing, who is your guest tonight? Oh, gee, I don't know for sure, Ken, but my brother Everett is out in the hall with a net. Help? <laughs> if I know Everett, he'll probably capture himself. <laughs> Use him. We have to have someone around here to talk to. Well, this is... This is March, Casey. Somebody's bound to blow in. I hope so. Maybe we make a little noise might attract somebody, hmm? We got a great song here from the musical show Angel in the Wings. That's the review that features Hank Ladd and the Hartmans. Song called The Big Brass Band from Brazil. Is the PA on good, Jim? Everybody climb in now. This is a very lively thing. <laughs> 
brass band from Brazil, the big brass band from Brazil. Rumpapa, casitero, that's the way they go. Three brothers down in Rio had a noisy family trio. Three piccolos that sounded mighty shrill. But their papa called it music, so with his dough they planned the big brass band from Brazil. They soon sent to Cuba for some trumpets and a tuba. They figured that their relatives had skill. Papa's ears are stuffed with cotton, but he still thinks they're grand. The big brass band from Brazil. Oh, they practice all night long, but they've only learned one song. So they play that same old phrase, 57 different ways. There's first and second cousins, and there's uncles by the dozens. They play as long as Papa pays the bills. And it's getting more expensive each time that they expand The big brass band from Brazil The USA was luring, so old Papa sent him touring Chicago and New York and Louisville But because they don't play baseball in Brooklyn they were banned The big brass band from Brazil Oh, they practice all night long But they've only learned one song So they play the same old phrase Fifty-seven different ways Give the boys a hand That's the way they go. Thing. Thank you. Thank yes, you very breezy stuff for the first week in March. Yeah, Ken, we're coming in like a lion and we're going out with Petrillo. <laughs> <laughs> right now, who knows? <laughs> you know, Bing, whenever I hear that expression coming in like a lion, I can't help but compare it to the reception on Philco radios. Yeah, now, Ken, do you mean to say that twisting a lion's tail gets the same result as twisting a Philco's dial? No, I, hmm? I mean that a lion's roar is powerful and rich and clear, just oh. like the tone of a Philco. Well, then why doesn't Philco raise lions instead of bothering with radios and phonographs? Oh, now, now, wait, that's a little radical, Bing. I don't see why. To make radios, you have to have bolts and wire and solder and tubes and stuff. It's a big production. Yeah. But with lions, all you need is a couple of them. You're in business. <laughs> There's a lot of big lions. <laughs> Maybe so, but tonight I better stick to those new Philcos. But if it would help, I could roar like a lion about them. Oh, no, no, you don't, Ken. You just go ahead and read your commercial. Start reading some. Okay, Bing, I don't have to roar. Just let me whisper the news about Philco's sensational new plastic portables. And the good word is that they'll be arriving at your Philco dealer any day now. You can't miss them when they do, because their slick, streamlined plastic cases are real eye-catchers. A fashion flash in your choice of four different colors. You get real powerhouse Philco performance, too. And at an amazing new low cost for Philco quality in a portable radio. If you're always on the go, get the new battery-only model. Or if you can use a handy extra radio around the house, too, 
latch on to one of the three-way jobs that play on battery or plug into the house current, either AC or DC. Indoors or out, these new Philco's are a cinch to be the smart sets with the smart set. And tops for your money in portable radios from Philco, the leader. Smart set with the smart set. I recorded this song recently with the Andrews sisters. Haven't got the Andrews gals with us tonight, but we got the rhythm airs, and they walk along pretty good. Come on along and shoot in the breeze. Don't let a trouble trouble you. Come on and live a life of ease at the flying W. Sing like a cowboy. Ride on the purple stage. Ooh, be like a cowboy. The life will let you forget your age. Come on along and shoot the breeze. Don't let a trouble trouble you. Come on and do just as you please. At the flying W. Throw away your derby, throw away all your suits. Get yourself a Stetson hat, a pair of boots, and a snazzy shirt, some dunga, breeze and a tie, and yippee, 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 guy, oh. Come on along, come on and, and shoot, shoot the, the breeze. breeze. Come on along, don't let a trouble, don't let trouble, trouble you. Come on along, come on and live the life of ease at the flying W. Ooh. ooh, ooh. Sing like a cowboy. Sing as you ride on the purple sand. Ooh, ooh, be like a cowboy. The life will let you forget your age. Come on along. Come on and shoot the breeze. Come on along. Don't let a trouble. Every trouble you come on along. Come on and do just as you please. At the flying W. Going to a gal up, mister, hang on for life. Be sure you got insurance for your child and wife. If your seat is sore, forget it and don't you cry. Just yippee, 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 ki yi oh, Come on along and shoot the breeze. Don't let a trouble, every trouble you. Come on along, come on and do just as you please. At the flying W. At the flying W. The flying W. Thank you, man. You're really welcome. Hey, uh, yeah. uh, Mr. C., there's a young lady here to see you. A guest, huh? Well, no, good. Well, no, I don't know if she's a guest star exactly. She's Jack Benny's girlfriend, Gladys Zabisco. Oh, Gladys, how are you? Fine, but boy, are you in trouble. Trouble? <laughs> yeah, uh, Jack Benny's on his way over here, and I rushed over to warn you. Well, what happened? Well, uh, Jack and I had a date after his rehearsal, and I was standing across the street from NBC when Jack showed up. He was in a very romantic mood. In fact, I've never seen Jack so romantic. Gladys, maybe it's the moon, maybe it's the stars, maybe it's the fragrance of the night, but I want to say something to you I've never said to any other girl. What's that? I'd like to buy you a drink. (laughs) (laughs) 
accept. Well, uh, let's, uh, uh, let's go in here to Tom Brenneman's. They've got a lovely cocktail lounge. Gee, say it is nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's Tom Brenneman over there. Hiya, Tom. Oh, hello, Jack. Hello there. And hello, young lady. Oh, uh, this is my girlfriend, Gladys Zabisco. Well, it's a real pleasure to know you, Miss Zabisco. Well, thanks. But I wish you'd keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> Gladys, he's only trying to pin an orchid on you. Uh, Gladys, uh, Tom, Gladys and I thought we'd stop in for a little drink. Oh, fine. Well, if I may offer a suggestion, you know, Phil Harris comes in here a lot. He seems to like our champagne. Champagne? Mm-hmm. No, it tickles my nose. <laughs> I'll, I'll just have some muscatel. Okay, but Phil always has champagne. Well, he's got two shows. Just... <laughs> just, uh, just Muscatel. Will the lady have the same? No, bring the lady her own glass of Muscatel. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Speedy. I'm sorry you wouldn't go for champagne, Jack. I wanted to buy you kids a drink. Oh, I huh? said I wanted to buy you a drink. Well, why didn't you come right out and say so instead of setting a trap? <laughs> oh, come on, Jack. Have a drink on me. Waiter, uh, Paul Roger, 29, please. Jack, I have to run along now. Take care of the business here. Enjoy yourself, won't well, you? Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Gee, Gladys, isn't this romantic? Soft lights, champagne. And they have an orchestra in the other room. It's cozy here. <laughs> but if you... <laughs> I mean, but if you care for some music, there's a jukebox over here in the corner. Oh, wonderful. How about playing something? Okay, wait till I find a nickel. Let's see. Oh, here. Here, I've got one. See, what have they got here? Let's see. Bing Crosby. Nah. <laughs> the Andrews sisters. Gee, there's three of them. The four Mills brothers. <laughs> The ink spots. I wonder how many spots. <laughs> oh, here's, here's Fred Waring's Glee Club. There's a buy if I ever saw one. <laughs> See, there must be a, a hundred of them. Gee, don't you like Crosby? What's to like? <laughs> All right, it's your night. I'll play Crosby. Waiting for? Why don't you put your nickel in? I was just wondering, Gladys, all those people sitting around, do they get to hear it too? <laughs> Honestly, some people go through life listening to the other fellow's nickel. <laughs> How can you be so petty, Jack? You're a big star. Oh, that's right. I guess I was only kidding. Hey, come on, everybody. I want you all to listen. Listen to me. Here goes. Love is funny, or it's sad, or, or, 
the record stuck. Maybe if I slap the machine. See, now it stopped altogether. Maybe if I kick it a few times. Oh, it's no use, Jack. It won't play. But it's got to play. My nickel is in there. I mean, it's got to play. Maybe if I shake it a little. Bud, hey, you, what are you trying to do? Look, waiter, I put a nickel in this machine and the record wouldn't play. Well, I've got nothing to do with that machine. You'll have to see the owner, Mr. Brenneman. Mr. Brenneman? Oh, oh, my friend Tom. Oh, yeah. Where's Tom? He just stepped out. Stepped out? He sneaked out. <laughs> Look, Bud, he didn't sneak out. He stepped out. He'll be back. Listen, who are you trying to kid? No wonder he filled me with champagne. The first time in my life I've ever been rolled. <laughs> now, I want my nickel. Well, I told you I have nothing to do with that jukebox company. I'm only the waiter. Well, where's the jukebox company? In Toledo. <laughs> Toledo? A fine scheme. You're only the waiter, the jukebox company's in Toledo, and Brenneman takes it on the lamb. Well, I'm going to go to Crosby direct. I'll get action. Let me out of here. Anyway, Bing, that's what happened, and I ducked out while Jack was arguing with the waiter, and I thought I'd better warn you. Well, you warned me just in time. Look who's coming. What's wrong, Jack? Looks like you lost your best friend. Uh, Bing, I, I just had an unfortunate experience. I mean, really? some people would have been furious. Well, you know? what happened? Well... <laughs> well, I, uh... I'll save you a little time, Jack. I know exactly what happened. You put a nickel in to hear me sing, the record got stuck, you lost your nickel, right? Just as I thought. You're in with that jukebox mob. <laughs> I don't be silly, Jack. I know the story because your friend Gladys here. She told me all about it. Gladys, I don't need any help from you. It's my problem. I'm old enough to stand on my own two feet. You're old enough to fall down. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not interested in what you told him. I want Bing to hear my side of the story. The true side. And I've got witnesses to prove it. Oh, Jack, what do you want to do, make a whole big case out of this? I'm not making a big case out of anything. I simply want to tell you very calmly what took place. Now, here's exactly what happened, Your Honor. I mean, Bing. <laughs> now, look, Bing. Through a mechanical fault in this music vending machine, I was obliged to forfeit a payment I had made in advance to hear you sing a song. Now, since I didn't get to hear that song, I feel that... Some kind of financial adjustment is in order. Well, frankly, Jack, I don't see why I should be obligated to compensate you for your loss. Mr. Crosby, do you not receive revenue from a certain mechanical device, patent number 3278496, commonly known as the jukebox? Jack, I'm not affiliated with any jukebox company. The money I receive through this medium, I get indirectly. Then give me my nickel back indirectly. Give it to Gladys, and she'll hand it to me. I don't see what we're arguing about here, Jack. Why don't you forget about it? Forget about yeah. it? Yeah. Look, Bing, let's reverse the situation. Supposing I had put a violin solo on a record, mm -hmm. and that record was placed in a jukebox. Mm -hmm. You put a nickel in the jukebox. The record got stuck, and you didn't get to hear my violin solo. How would you feel? <laughs> well, let's take another example. Bing, think, think about your conscience. My conscience? Every time you see a nickel, you'll think of me. Oh, that is inflation. <laughs> Bing, believe me, it isn't the money. It's the principle of the thing. Don't you see? 
Look, at the sign on that machine said one song for five cents. Our country was founded on honest representation. It's the right of legitimate barter. It's, it's a Louisiana purchase. It's Paul Revere's ride through Lexington. It's Dewey at Manila. It's the spirit of 76. Yeah. Don't cut that out! <laughs> so don't, don't you see, Bing, I'm not just fighting. I'm not fighting for my nickel. I'm fighting for American tradition. I'm fighting for the Constitution. I'm fighting for George Washington at, at Valley Ford. What, again? <laughs> I'm telling you, Bing, I'll never rest until this matter is cleared up. Well, Jack, I've just been pretending to be stubborn. I, I've had a lot of fun at your expense tonight, but you do have a legitimate beef, and I want to square it. Oh, Bingsy. I mean, Bing. <laughs> you put a nickel in the jukebox. Right. I was supposed to sing a song, you didn't hear it. Right. And you didn't get your nickel back. Right, see? Well, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sing that song for you. Hmm. <laughs> Bing, you mean instead of giving me that nickel, you're going to stand here and sing a song? Yes. How can a guy be so cheap? <laughs> funny or it's sad or it's quiet or it's mad it's a good thing or it's bad but beautiful beautiful to take a chance and if you fall, you fall And I'm thinking I wouldn't mind at all Love is tearful Or it's gay It's a problem Or it's play it's a heartache either way But beautiful And I'm thinking If you were mine I'd never let you go And that would be but beautiful I know Well, there's your song, Jack That makes us even Yeah, I guess it does Yep Mr. Brenneman Too late in the day for Tom It's a little late for... <laughs> Uh, well, you know, his restaurant is across the street. It takes him quite a while to get it. 
door again. Close it. Close it. Oh, Mr. Brenham! <laughs> what brings you here? Well, I stopped over to see Jack Bing. You know, the jukebox mechanic was in, and we got his nickel back. Here you are, Jack. Oh, thank you. 1900. Uh, yep. <laughs> if it's all the same to you, I'll be running along. Goodbye, Jack and Bing. I've got to run across the street and water some hats. <laughs> Take a good rest, Tom. Have a nap. <laughs> well, what a lovely fellow. You know, I ought to send him a good, good neighbor orchid. You know? Jack, you've had a big day. You got your nickel back. You got a song. Yeah, I did. Well, come on, Gladys. I'll walk you home. To Glendale? <laughs> oh, yes. We'll, we'll take the bus. Let's go. Say, uh, wait a minute, Jack. Just a minute. Yes, Bing. You know, a little while ago, you were talking about fair play and justice in America. Yes. Well, when you got your nickel back, I no longer owed you the song. Well... You did willfully accept that song from me? Yes, but... Mr. Benny, do you know how much I get for singing a song? Hmm. Uh, can I get you a glass of water, Jack? Make it a bucket. I think I'll drown myself. <laughs> Look, Bingsy, there's yeah. only one way to handle it. You gave me a song, I'll give you back a song. Gladys, get me one of those violins. What are you going to do with a violin? I want to reciprocate. You mean retaliate. <laughs> Here you are, Jack. Thanks, Gladys. I'll do the best I can. Violin is a little different from the one I play. This one has four strings. I wonder what the other three or four. <laughs> those are spares. Oh. <laughs> oh. Thank you, Jack. That was very good. Now, I... <laughs> Look, I haven't started a number oh, yeah? yet. Oh, no, no, no. Is it? Just grand. Thank you a lot. <laughs> Now, look, Bing, Bing, I'm just trying to pick out a number. Well, these people have homes. Maybe they want to get to them. Oh, oh, well, or I think I know a good number I'll play, uh, Humoresque. Oh, say, I may join in on that. No, no, Bing, you see, there's no, uh, there's no vocal. No, I mean on the cymbal. Oh, you, uh, you play the cymbal? Certainly. I used to play on a live bait boat off of Hermosa Beach. <laughs> All right. Now, uh... I'm ready. <laughs> Join me, but don't crowd me. I'll just support you, dear. There's no vocal. Oh. <laughs> Brennan and lay down. 
Fortissimo. <laughs> Allegro. <laughs> Chicken frying on the pan, mammy full of alibi. Great, Jack. You were never better. Ah, thank you. Now we're all even, Bing. That's right. You know, this little act we did, it looked pretty good on television. In those clothes? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Color? Oh, it's funny that you mentioned television, Bing. You know, I was in a radio store the other day looking at the new Philco. And what did you buy? A package of Lucky Strike cigarettes. <laughs> well, Jack, you might go in a radio store and buy Lucky Strikes because you have great control. But I venture to say that with everybody else, it's LSMFT, Let's See Mighty Fine Television. You stole that from us. <laughs> oh, I just borrowed it, Jack, because it fits Philco so well. Mighty Fine Television, Mighty Fine Radio. Either way, it's P-H-I-L-C-O. Right now, the big radio news for you record fans is Philco's four gorgeous new radio phonograph consoles. Right down the line, they give you the works for luxurious listening on radio or records, including plenty of record storage space in the cabinet. And that ought to just about wrap it up for you listeners who go for recorded music in a big way. Because look what you get with the new Philco 1286, for instance. Wonderful static-free FM reception. Philco's big concert grand speaker. Super smooth automatic record changer. And the sensational Philco electronic scratch eliminator. No hiss, no screech, no scratch. It automatically tunes out record scratch and surface noise. Leaves you only the music against a background of blissful silence. Catch up with the 1286 at your Philco dealer now. It's a sensational new radio phonograph value. Tops in quality for your money from Philco. Famous for quality the world over. Just grand. Thank you a lot. <laughs> that was the last number in the second series. Hey, wait, Jack. This is my program, not yours. Oh, oh, pardon me. I'm so absent-minded. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, say, Mr. Crosby, who's your guest next week? Well, next week, Gladys, we have a very jolly program with Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart? Mm -hmm. Jimmy Stewart? Mm -hmm. Jimmy Stewart? Cut that out. Does Jimmy Stewart buy you champagne? <laughs> And thanks very much. This program was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. Tune in to Philco Radio Time next week and hear Bing Crosby, John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guest, Jimmy Stewart. And keep your eye on your Philco dealer now for the newest thing in radio from Philco, the leader.
From the American Legion Auditorium in Palm Springs, this is the Kraft Musical, starring Al Jolson with Oscar Levant, Lou Bring and his orchestra and chorus, and our guest, Cary Grant. So keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for its song. Whenever April showers come Good evening, good evening, folks. This is Al Jolson, and the Kraft Music Hall is down in Palm Springs again this week. This is really, Palm Springs is really a beautiful place. You know, over a hundred years ago, a little group of brave men fought their way through the hot desert to reach this spot. And one of them said, someday there will be a wonderful city here, and it's all come true. Though I didn't believe it at the time. <laughs> I can't help liking Palm Springs. It's just like Hawaii, except the grass skirts are a little greener. And if someone will start strumming the ukuleles, I'll show you what I mean. Down Hawaii away, where I can't stray. On an evening I heard a cool and maiden play. Yaka hula higgy doo higgy doo Down the Hawaii away By the moonlit bay When I lingered a while She stole my heart away Yaka hula higgy doo Yaka hula higgy doo Oh, I don't care if you've loved the ladies far and near You'll forget about them all if you could hear Yaga hula higgy doo la, yaga hula higgy doo. I'm coming back to you, my hula loo. Beside the sea at Waikiki, you'll play for me. And once again, you'll sway my heart away with that yaga hula higgy doo la too. I'm coming back to you, my hula loo. Beside the sea at white the sea, you play for me And once again you'll sway my heart away With that yaga hula, hikitula too Well, Ken, Kenneth Hoboard, come to me yes, you, you sure look fine Thank Broadcasting you. here from Palm Springs has honestly done you a world of good. Yes, Al, I must admit, this is a wonderful climate. Oh, wonderful. Oh, very wonderful. healthy and relaxed. Oh, look at you and look at but me. You know, Al, I understand this, uh... What? <laughs> I understand, Al, yeah? there's an old hermit out here who just lies in the sun all day and lives on nothing but fruit and cheese. Yeah, and I pick my own fruit, too. <laughs> the one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been living on cheese myself for about ten years. Pretty crafty, huh, <laughs> That last remark ain't gonna do you no harm, Ken. <laughs> Why do you think I made it? <laughs> well, there's one thing about Palm Springs that attracts the movie stars. Yes, sir, it does that. And they all know where the good spare ribs are. Mm. At Jolie's house. Yes, indeed. If I had them, my father'd kill me. Well, anyway... <laughs> 
dropped in to see you yesterday. Yeah, poor Jimmy. His nose got sunburnt and six jokes peeled away. <laughs> now that you fellas have built Palm Springs up, can I tear it down a little? Oscar, what's wrong with you? Ken and I were just saying what a wonderful climate they have here in Palm Springs. What's so wonderful about it? It's the only place in the world I know where at 3 o'clock it gets sunburned and at 4 o'clock, frostbite. <laughs> Oscar, for your information, it isn't really frostbite. It's just uh, the suntan oil freezing. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know why you should complain. You got a wonderful coat of tan. Yes, it's the only clothes I got. What? <laughs> but Oscar, please, why should you be so sour? The trouble with you is that you don't know Palm Springs. Yes, I do. Palm Springs is a small town in California. Yeah. Lying within easy reach of the upper brackets. <laughs> Wait a minute, you, you, you got it wrong. You don't have to be rich. There are poor people who live here too, you know. They were rich when they came here. <laughs> Two weeks ago. <laughs> but, but Oscar, look. Oscar, look. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful just to lie in the sun by a swimming pool and look at the scenery and the beautiful girls? Yes, I'm young enough to enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the girls sure wear some interesting bathing suits. Yeah? I saw one who was wearing just two handkerchiefs. She had a whole crowd of fellas fanning her. I, uh, I don't get it. Why were they fanning her? They were trying to get her to sneeze. <laughs> I know, I know. And you, you, you were standing by just to say Gesundheit. Now, look. Oscar, you know my barber, Jimmy, at the desert end. Well, he asked if you could play Chopin. And since Palm Springs my hometown, I, I thought maybe you'd do it for him. Palm Springs your hometown? Yeah. I thought it was Palm Pinsk. <laughs> but if it'll help you to get your hair cut any cheaper, I'll do it. Go ahead, Oscar. For Jimmy the barber, please play the Polonaise, will you?
there are some real sandwich eaters at your house, folks who like lunch to be quick and easy, youngsters who want to hand out in the late afternoon? Well, remember, Velveeta sandwiches just can't be beat. For you can spread or slice Velveeta's Kraft's delicious cheese food in a hurry. And you can toast Velveeta to a wonderful bubbling gold in just 45 seconds. What's more, Velveeta is rich in valuable milk nutrients and digestible as the milk you urge your folks to drink. Now, doesn't that add up to the ideal sandwich filling? Well, then just keep stocked with this famous cheese food of dependable craft quality. Tomorrow, get Velveeta in the half-pound package or the thrifty two-pound loaf. Oscar, a few moments ago, you played the wrong polonaise. Will you do me a favor and play the right one? Take it easy. Remember last week? You broke your thumbnail while you were playing the fire dance. It hurt the fire dance more than it hurt me. <laughs> but don't worry, Al. My fingers are insured. Of course, I can't collect on a broken nail. Oscar, isn't it a little silly having your fingers insured? I don't think so. Betty Grable has her legs insured. Yeah. But look at the things she can do with them. <laughs> now, Oscar, look. Just, uh, just what does that insurance policy of yours cover? It ensures my fingers against tornado, lightning, fire, and theft. Oscar, look, this is Daffy. Why, why should they insure your fingers against theft? In case someone steals the piano while I'm playing. Tell me, would your insurance company allow you to play a little song like, uh, Hello, my bubby? I mean, my baby? Wait a minute, I'll look at my policy. Let's see, songs about babies. It says okay if I don't have to handle safety pins. Oh, you're safe, Oscar. This baby is over 16. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Send me a kiss by wire. Honey, my heart's on fire. If you refuse me, honey, you lose me. Then I'll be left alone. Oh, baby, telephone. And tell me I'm your own Hello, hello, hello If you refuse me, honey, you lose me Then I'll be left alone Oh, baby, telephone And tell me I'm your own Oscar, I just noticed you're playing that piece all on the black keys. What's the reason? It's supposed to be played that way. Yeah? It's the black key etude by Chopin. The black key etude by Chopin? That's How it. come Chopin composed a piece just for the black keys? He loved jelly sandwiches. Yeah. And the, and the white keys were stuck together. <laughs> Oscar, Oscar, wait a minute. As they say in Great Britain, are you pulling my leg? No, your pants leg is caught on the money in your socks. That post-war money is so full of splinters. Look, Oscar, remember the song you played the other night at my house while I was eating dinner? How could I remember? While I was playing, I was in the last stages of malnutrition. <laughs> Wait a minute, I get a glimmer. Is this it? Oh, sure, that's the one. 
I'm forever blowing bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air. They fly so high, nearly reach the sky. Then, like my dreams, they fade and die. Fortune's always hiding. I've looked everywhere. I'm forever blowing bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air. Al, that yes. was very good. Thank you. But it's been quite a while since you've sung a real robust number. Really? You know, the kind of thing Nelson Eddy would do. Well, Oscar, I, I got just the thing Nelson Eddy would do. Mammy's little baby loves shoking, shoking. <laughs> Mammy's little baby, Mammy's little baby loves shoking, braid. Ladies and gentlemen, all shortening braid used in that song was spread with Velveeta. If Mr. Kraft is listening, uh, I told Oscar just to say that. Now, Oscar, look. Start noodling, and I'll give you another baritone blast. Sorry, Al. I'm not going to play the piano anymore tonight. What do you mean you're not going to play the piano? I'm going to play the violin. Oscar, you play the violin? How and when did you learn? One day my nerves were unstrung, yeah. so I made them into a violin. Misha, <laughs> Misha, a fiddle, please. We buy a piano friend, it turns into a one-man band. Go ahead, Oscar, play this bow is very heavy. I shall play the difficult part of Oriental by Cesar Cui. Cui, 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 Cui. Wish I had another chance. <laughs> well, Al, what do you think? Petrilla's going to get a nasty letter from Jack Bennett. Oscar, look, why, why you're out... Well, you just tell to it. Listen, lay down that violin, see? And you lay down, too. <laughs> and I'll take you back 30 years to an early Berlin ballad. I left my darling The other day we started quarreling I went away But now I wish That I was back I love my baby Indeed I do And who knows maybe she loves me too But that's just maybe And that won't do And all that worries me Is someone else Maybe there while I'm gone In my dreams I see a couple spooning on the lawn That very thought 
just keeps me worried. I lay awake till the break of the dawn. I must hurry back so someone else may be there while I'm gone. dreams I see, a couple spooning on the lawn, that very thought just keeps me worried, I lay awake till the break of the dawn, I must hurry back, must hurry back, so someone else may be there. Say, Ken, uh, where's Carrie Grant? Why, that's Carrie heading this way. Well, well, well. It isn't Asa Yolson. <laughs> well, 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 if it isn't Archie Leach. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Al. I'd rather you didn't mention that name, Archie Leach. I may still have some checks out. So. <laughs> Harry, look, honestly, I'm sure glad we were able to come over here to the hall tonight. Well, as a matter of fact, Al, all my friends have been advising me to come over to the Kraft Music Hall. Well. Yeah. They said I'd be able to talk to Al Jolson. Mm -hmm. However, I came anyway. Well, <laughs> this is the second week in a row that I've been insulted by an Englishman. Last week, it was David Niven. Oh, no, on the contrary, Al. Yeah. David enjoyed himself in the Kraft Music Hall. He was Re very complimentary about the orchestra. Mm -hmm. Yeah? He didn't see how they could play such old music with such new instruments. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope you won't say anything like that, Carrie. You know, I've always felt, sounds silly, that you and I had something in common. Well, you know that strangely enough, we do. Yeah? Mm -hmm. You might not know it, but you almost got my part as the angel in The Bishop's Wife. <laughs> uh, that's wonderful. What, what made them change their mind? Well, Al, they were afraid that your wings would get caught on your horns. Well, <laughs> I don't get this. I spent all my life being almost as nice as they made me in my picture. And people keep tearing me down. I might have been better off if I'd done what I wanted to when I was a kid. What's that, Al? Run away and join the Indians. Well, why, didn't you, why didn't you do that, Al? They weren't here yet. Oh, come on. Now, cheer up. I yeah. was only ribbing you. Yeah. I have a great respect for you. Thank Al. you. The only reason I came over here, as a matter of fact, was to ask you for some advice. Yeah? Mm-hmm. About women. Well, son... You have come to the home office. I knew it. Yeah. Well, I want you to tell me how to get a date. How to get a date. Yeah. Carrie, my little black book is no longer a bestseller, you know. In fact, there are better dates hanging from the trees on Palm Canyon, you know that. <laughs> come now. I wish you'd take me seriously. Well, uh, Carrie, look, you can't make me believe you can't get a girl to go out with you. Why understand the birds and the bees go to school? 
just to be told about Cary Grant. Yeah, yeah. And all I can say is there's going to be a lot of ignorant birds and bees. <laughs> but, Cary, look, on the screen, you have all the beautiful women throwing themselves at you, like Ingrid Bergman, Myrna Lord, Loretta Young. How come you don't have any trouble making them fall for you, huh? Well, they get paid for it. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I don't see how any girl could help going for you, Carrie. Especially with that, uh, with that big dimple in your chin. I'm not kidding. Oh, that silly thing. Let yeah. me tell you something. It doesn't do me a bit of good in Palm Springs. It's so windy down here, it keeps filling up with sand. <laughs> Mine too, Carrie. <laughs> but Carrie, look, let's face the fact. Let's face the facts. Now, in the movies, in the movies, you're a very convincing lover. Well, Al, it's easy in pictures. Yeah? Yes, of course it is. You just follow the script. Yeah? Well, now, look, when I'm out in a, out in a parked car with a girl, yeah. I can't take a writer with me. I take two of them, one for the girl. <laughs> I like intelligent conversation, but Carrie, look. Haven't you ever just taken a girl for a simple ride in the moonlight? Certainly. The other night, I took a girl ride. Yeah? Yeah. We got out in the country. I ran out of gas. I see you're well-versed in the fundamentals. Well, um, what happened? She wouldn't believe I was out of gas. Well, that follows. What did you do? I made her push the car to a gas station. <laughs> Carrie, look, you, you do need advice. Now, look, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little older than you, you know. No. <laughs> Amazing. Tell Never me Never mind more. that sarcasm. Let me give you a few pointers. Tell me, for instance, if you took a girl out, how would you say goodnight to her? Well, I'd just say, goodnight, my dear. It's been a pleasant evening. I'll see you again. But she never does. As a result, I'm a lonesome man. No, no, no wonder, Carrie, really. Now, look, let's pretend I'm a girl. I'm not that lonesome. Well... <laughs> Carrie, look, look. I'm, I'm only trying to help you. Now, please, just imagine that I'm a girl. Well, I'm trying to, but you keep coming out an old woman. What? <laughs> All right, all right. I agree. Let's say you're a girl. All right. Now, I'm a girl, and I've been out with you. Yeah. Carrie, thank you for the dinner. Thank you for the show. Thank you for the dance at the Macombo. And thank you for the diamond bracelet. My, I've been generous tonight. <laughs> Who is this man? Oscar, this is Carrie Grant. Who are you? I'm this girl's father. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is getting rather involved. Are your intentions honorable? Gosh, I thought this old girl was Al Jolson. Oscar, I'm just trying to teach Carrigan something about women. That's like Mickey Rooney trying to tell Dr. Kinsey. <laughs> well, well, look, perhaps we could be make better progress if yeah. I didn't have to think of you as a girl. Yeah? After all, Al, it's a terrible drain on the imagination. Carrie, if you're really serious about this, there's only one way to court a girl. Say it with music. Ah, uh, you're right, Oscar. You know that Shakespeare once said, Orpheus Lute was strung with poet's sinews whose golden touch could soften steel and stones, make tigers tame, and huge leviathans forsake unsounded deeps to dance on sand. Carrie, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> if he did, they were all misspelled. Look, quiet. Now, when I quoted girls, I didn't quote Shakespeare. I sang to them. Give me an arpeggio, Oscar, and I'll show you. When you were out with a girl, who gave you the arpeggio? I, I had my accomplice with me. When the girl heard me sing, it didn't matter whether I looked like Harry Grant or Slapsy Maxie. Listen. Oh. Liza, Liza, skies are gray. Oh, go on. I can do that, too. Yeah. It doesn't make any difference whether I look like Cary Grant or Al Jolson. Liza, Liza, skies are gray. Oscar, come here. 
You be the judge. If you were a girl, no kidding, after you just what you heard, you know, if you were a girl, who would you go for? Only one guy. Who? Oscar Levant. Whether or not your family observes the fasting days of Lent, here's an idea that'll give them a swell dinner tomorrow. For the main dish, have seafood or eggs in a rich cheese sauce. And make that sauce the easy way, the sure way to have it smooth. Make it with Kraft's famous cheese food, Velveeta. In the top of the double boiler, melt one half pound of this golden cheese food. And then stir in one-fourth cup of milk. Now that's all there is to making cheese sauce when you use dependable, smooth-melting Velveeta. That delicious Velveeta sauce helps give the family high-quality, complete protein, plus other important milk nutrients. So you see, Velveeta's a real helper with economical, nutritious menus. Always look for the one and only Velveeta of established craft quality. It's the nutritious cheese food you can depend on to melt smooth every time. Smart buyers get Velveeta in the two-pound loaf that keeps you stocked for snacks as well as hot dishes. Folks, when I was overseas entertaining the troops, I had the honor of meeting many of the boys. Their need then was entertainment, and a song they always asked for, and that I always was happy to sing, was Marquita. And for those boys who I hope remember me, here it is again. Marquita, Marquita, I still hear you calling me back to your arms once again. I still feel the spell of your last kiss upon me. Since then life has all been in a vain. All has been sadness without you, Marquita. Each day finds me lonely and a blue. My poor heart is broken. I want you, Marquita. I need you, Marquita. I do. starring in the Samuel Golden production, The Bishop's Wife. This is Ken Carpenter saying goodnight. 
Stay tuned into the station here. Jack Carson and Eve Arden will follow immediately. During these days of food saving, be sure to do everything you can to turn leftover foods into family favorites. A good way to add zest and flavor to these dishes is to use delicious craft prepared mustards. For those who like mustard that's mild and delicately spiced, there's Kraft Salad Mustard. For those who enjoy sharper taste, there's Kraft Mustard with snappy horseradish added. Kraft Mustards are creamy. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Good health to all from Rexall. From Hollywood, it's the Jimmy Durante Show. Dink, a dink a dink, a dink a do, a dink a dink. Oh, my God! Dink, a dink a dink, a dink a do, a dink a dink. Yes, ten thousand Rexall drugstores who carry the complete line of top quality Rexall drug products. Bring you the Jimmy Durante Show with Peggy Lee, Candy Candido, Roy Bargy and his orchestra, the Crew Chiefs Quartet, yours truly, Howard Petrie, and that dashing Don Juan, Victor Moore. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Rexall's prescription for a pleasant evening, the one and only Jimmy Durante in person. You've got to start off each day with a song. Now even when things go wrong You feel better, you even look better ah, The voice of the title <laughs> And now for my second number I'll sing Dance ballerina, dance <laughs> I finally got the ballerina to dance and a bubble busted. <laughs> Ushers kindly removed that little old lady with the bean shooter. Snazio, no. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Everything happens to Durante. Say, is it true that the earthquakes last week did some damage to your house? I'll say they did. Monday night's quake moved the house next door three feet into my property. Tuesday night's tremor moved my house three feet into their property. Wednesday's quiver caused my neighbor's house and mine to crash. And boy, am I meeting some interesting people. Well, what do you mean, Snaz? That bathtub is now in my living room. <laughs> Don't spread this around, but Sidney Greenstreet has a mole on his left shoulder. But, Jimmy, all this excitement doesn't seem to affect you at all. That's a wonderful coat of tan you've got. It's not only a coat of tan, Howard. I've got the pants to match. <laughs> I got it last week while cruising in the Gulf of Mexico on the presidential yacht. Would you like to hear about the trip? Must I? This boy must have saved his money. He's not worried about his future. <laughs> anyway, Howard, it was the most nautical cruise I ever took. As we sailed along the southern coastline, Harry mounted his piano on the poop deck, faced the southern Democrats and sang, passed that peace pipe and buried a hatchet. <laughs> the only trouble is Harry and the South disagree on where to bury it. <laughs> Jimmy, I'll bet you had a lot of fun with all the congressmen, cabinet members, and senators. Yes, Howard. They were swell, but suddenly a crisis arose among the members of the Supreme Court. Mr. Truman declared a state of emergency, turned the boat around, and headed back to shore. Well, what was the crisis, Jimmy? Harry forgot to bring the mustard for Justice Frankfurter. 
When the excitement subdued, I found myself floating in the water. I won't say Harry pushed me, but as I sailed over the rail, I heard strains of the Missouri waltz. <laughs> I like that little line. <laughs> However, Harry threw me a line, and as he pulled me back on deck, was I burnt up. Well, what happened? The governor of Florida rushed over, funneled my nose, and said, Congratulations, Mr. Truman. You've just landed the biggest swordfish on record. <laughs> Boy, was I burnt up. But Dasana must have put a bee in Harry's bonnet because he's been buzzing around ever since, begging me to run for vice president on his ticket. Ah, oh, there goes another buzz from Harry. Hello, Durante's speaking. Washington is calling. Go ahead, Washington. We'll stroll the lane together. We'll stroll the lane together. Very pretty, Margaret, but tell your daddy I had a better offer from Stassen. <laughs> Aren't you, aren't you being a little hasty? Truman wouldn't make a bad running mate. I'm not worried, Howard. With my plan for changing the voting system, I could run alone and get elected. You're going to change the voting system? Certainly. The Durante plan provides if a woman has one baby, she gets two votes. If she has two babies, she gets four votes. If she has seven babies, she gets 14 votes. Yeah, but how does her husband get to vote? Let him have his own babies. This is a democracy. <laughs> Before you go on with your plans, there's somebody here I think you'd better talk to. It's your old friend, the Commissioner of Rivers and Waterways, Mr. Ripple. Nice to see you, Mr. Ripple. How do you do? He must think I'm getting married. He just gave me a shower. But we missed you while you were in San Francisco, Mr. Ripple. Uh, what were you doing there? Fishing. And it's going to help you politically. I caught a shark, and you can send the fins to Stalin. You want me to send shark fins to Stalin? What makes you think he'd eat that? Don't you read the paper? Stalin's been snapping at the fins all week. <laughs> I imagine he's in the mood. I imagine he's in the mood for some fish after picking on turkey for so long. But before we go any further, I notice you brought your son Trickle with you again. Yes, yeah, say hello to Mr. Durandy, Trickle. <laughs> Uh, how do you like that? I'm surrounded by a big splash on one side and a small drip on the other. Very funny. Very funny. <laughs> you know, Mr. Durante, I take Trickle with me wherever I go. Yeah, that's because he's Scotch. He takes you along because he's Scotch? Yeah, I'm the chaser. <laughs> <laughs> No, something, folks. That ripple would be a big man in Washington. With his voice, he could make Daft Dewey. <laughs> Daft Dewey. I'm a great reader of lines. <laughs> but I don't need him to help me with my campaign. I got the best campaign manager in the business. Let me tell you about it. could be mayor of New York or of Chicago. Umbriaco. Razors came from Portland, Maine, to San Diego. When you worry, better send for Umbriaco in a hurry. Say he got lots of time 
That's all he spends his time. He never spends a dime. So, when you feel low, better send for my friend Umbriago. Umbriago. Ah, that Umbriago, what a guy. You know, he told me I haven't got a thing to worry about from the Republicans. He claimed that they haven't taken into consideration the housing problem. Nowadays, you can't get an apartment if you have a dog. How do they expect to move an elephant into the White House? <laughs> so, when you feel low, better send for my friend Umbriaco. Sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation. Buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Yes, you can be sure that more than 2,000 different drug products are pure when they bear the name Rexall. For the familiar name Rexall stands for purity, quality, and reliability in a complete line of drug products. It's no wonder that Rexall has won first place in the medicine cabinets of millions of American homes. So for any and for all of your drug needs, always buy Rexall at Rexall drugstores throughout the nation where 25% of America buys its drug products. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Good health to all from Rexall. Thank you, Mr. Petrie, for helping our citizens remain healthy. <laughs> you know, Howard, I haven't, I haven't quite regained my strength yet. You haven't, Jimmy? No. When I passed my canary this morning, he tried to yank me into his cage. <laughs> and you know something? What? He did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> if I hadn't screamed, he would have flown to Capistrano with me. <laughs> but, Howard... Who are these three gentlemen standing here? Why, Jim, don't you remember? These are the men you sent out to take a survey on your possibilities as vice president. Well, of course, boys. Let the nation hear the good news. We've held a poll in all the states to find out how the Randy rates. The results are in and they all show. The boners are feeling mighty no. <laughs> They must be from the Gallup poll. <laughs> but now, ladies and gentlemen, as a special feature of the Rexall program, we present for the first time on the air the crowing of the Pathé Newsreel Rooster. <laughs> you don't sound like a very happy rooster. Well, just look at me. What have I got to crow about? <laughs> Why, it's our own little fighting bantam, Victor Moore. Ah, Victor, everybody looks forward to your little visits. If you only had curls, you could be America's sweetheart. Uh, uh, thank you, Jimmy. And might I say that in the garden of my memory, you are the flower with the sweetest scent. You are not only a talented comedian, but the most accomplished musician on the air. Victor, you're trying to raise my ego. No, I'm trying to raise my salary. <laughs> 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 uh, I know you're only kidding, Victor Because you know how I feel about you 
Why, if I only had one pair of shoes, I'd give one shoe to you. If I had a pair of bookends, I'd give one bookend to you. And if I had the two most beautiful girls in the world... You'd give me one girl? Of course not, but some things you don't like to break up the set. <laughs> but, Victor, before this election is over, I'll be in a position to, to do a lot of things for you. Say, that's right. If you're elected, we'll both be living off the fat of the land and sitting in the lap of Esther Williams. Victor, don't you mean sitting in the lap of luxury? You pick your lap. I'll pick mine. <laughs> and second thought, the one you picked is better repulsed. <laughs> but, Victor, what a whirlwind campaign tour I've got lined up. I'm going to get on the black back platform of the super chief. Don't laugh, folks. That's the way it's written. <laughs> I'm going to get on the back platform of the super chief and make a speech at every stop. But, Jimmy, that's old-timey campaigning from trains. Why don't you get yourself an airplane? What an idea. Durant, you flying politician. Victor, you're booing me with the spirits of aromatics. Why, I come from a flying... I... <laughs> Why, I come from the... Now, oh, you got me all mixed up. <laughs> that Victor is getting to read worse than me. <laughs> ah, we make a good plan, Victor. Why, I come from a flying family, Victor. My grandfather was the first man to jump out of a plane without a parachute. Jimmy, nobody can do that. They can, once. <laughs> well, your grandfather should have known my grandmother. Granny was the first woman to fly. Say, that's quite an honor. Well, it wasn't exactly her idea. She backed into a hot stove and Mother Nature took it from there. <laughs> Well, Victor, your grotty wasn't a yoni high flyer. Here's something, here's something I can really get up in the air about. It's Peggy Lee. In person. Peggy, you dropped in at a vicarious moment. I'm going to conduct my political campaign flying my own airplane. Well, good for you, Jimmy. You know, I got a boyfriend who's the head instructor down at the flying school. And hey, are those pilots tricky? What do you mean? Well, they all start out kissing your hand and then try for altitude. <laughs> uh, that's my girl who said that. And if I'd have known she wasn't going to get a laugh, I'd have taken that line. <laughs> well, Victor, you're being awfully quiet. Are you going to do a little flying with Jimmy? Oh, me? Oh, I get dizzy just licking an airmail stamp. <laughs> now, Victor, Victor, we're in this thing together. Peggy, we're going over to your friend, the flying instructor. When we get through to sing, when you, when you get through your singing, <laughs> when you get through singing your song, I want you to join us at the airfield. All right, Peggy, dear. As you walk, as you talk, with the one you love, do you know? Just how lucky you are When you stroll Hand in hand Neath the moon above Does your heart sing How lucky you are There's so 
but sometimes a dream will come true when the one that you love is in love with you that's the greatest Second story from the Rexall Laboratory. Well, this chapter of the Rexall Quality Story might be called The Sealed Room. But there's no mystery here, no overtones of ghostly horror, but only the quiet, concentrated intensity of scientists at work to guard your health. The Sealed Room, you'll find it in the Rexall Control Laboratory, a glass-walled cubicle strictly off-limits to germs. In this disinfected room, the strength of antiseptics is tested. The potency of some vitamins and other painstaking, highly accurate experiments are made. It's only one small part of the Rexall Control Laboratory, but it contributes mightily to the meaning of that fact you know so well, that you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. So for any and for all of your household drug needs, always buy Rexall at Rexall drugstores everywhere. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Good health to all from Rexall. What an exciting day this is, Victor. Here we are at the Vulture School of Flying. We can't turn back now, remember? In the words of Thomas Edison... Morning becomes electric. <laughs> As I remember, let's go in and register. Good day, sir. We want to learn how to fly. My name is Jimmy Durante. And who's that with you? Victor Moore. You'll never get it off the ground. <laughs> now, wait a minute. You're talking to a prospective student. Well, isn't that whoopsie dandy? And I'm pleased to see you've already got a parachute on. <laughs> That's no parachute. With me, that's standard equipment. <laughs> You'll have to excuse him, mister. He's built lower to the ground than the new Hudson. Well, if you want to enroll in the Felcher Flying School, let me fill out this application. I'll start with you. Name? James Durante. Eyes? Robin Egg Blue. <laughs> Skin? 
dimples. Born? Hatched. I was an incubator baby. If his nose had a hatch, he'd have been twins. Victor, Victor. Okay, boys, now go into the next building for your physical examination. Ah, Victor, I can hardly wait to start my career as a flying politician. Why, I'll investigate conditions in Norway. I'll investigate conditions in Sweden. And then I'll investigate conditions in China. Aren't you going to investigate conditions in Russia? I ain't sticking my nose into Russia. If they see anything that big, they'll take over. And the first thing you know, my stars will become a suburb of Stalingrad. <laughs> well, here's the doctor's office. Let's go in. I wonder what kind of an examiner we'll get. Relax, boys. It's hot breath, Houlihan. <laughs> Stand back, you're steaming a crease out of my trousers. <laughs> Gee, if I'd have known we we're coming to a lady doctor, I'd have warned my chest. Stop the chatter, fearless Fosdick, and take off your shirt. Oh, no, I, I really don't think I should. <laughs> Come on, put your hands down. I've seen an Adam's apple before. <laughs> well, don't you start with me, Miss Houlihan. Okay, muscles. <laughs> we'll start with your eyes. Wait a minute, something's wrong. You've got a film on your eyes. I know I got a film on my eyes, and I enjoy it. You enjoy it? Yeah, it's the uncut version of the outlaw. <laughs> Ah, that Walter Houston does something to me. <laughs> well, if you guys want to fly, the next step is to x-ray you. Oh, I've been x-rayed lots of times. You know something? What? I'm just as pretty on the inside as I am on the outside. <laughs> That's what the girls love about him. He's reversible. <laughs> well, you two look okay to me, so I'll pass you. Good luck. Flute snoot, and goodbye, lover lips. It gets around, it gets around. Uh, uh, Victor, this is no time to dilly-dally. Let's get to the skywriting class. Oh, men, you've got to remember that skywriting is not child's play. Quite often, I think back to the sad lot of one of our graduates, Smedley. What happened to Smedley? One day, he took off as usual to spell out Pepsi-Cola. He finished the Pepsi, and he finished the Co, and then it happened. You mean? Yes. He was shot down by Honest John. They got him right between his Pepsi-Co and his laugh. <laughs> if you don't mind, I think I'll resign right now. Yeah, me too. Don't be silly, man. You'll love it. Up at 30,000 feet, zooming and dipping, looping the loop with white-hot smoke, shooting from the tail of your plane. Couldn't I get the same effect with a tall bicycle and a cigar? <laughs> All you need, Durandy, is a little confidence. Now, Cadet Moore, go out in the field. We have two instructors ready to take you up. Oh, goody. You get into your plane, Jimmy, and I'll get into mine. I'll see you when I come down. Off I go into the wild blue yonder. 
You all set for your first flight? Yeah, Peggy, but before I get into your boyfriend's plane, tell me, is he a safe instructor? Well, he ought to be. I met him when he was a pilot on one of those United Airliners. Fast mail? He was, but I slowed him down. Ah! <laughs> Peggy, you delectable dish, you... <laughs> I really love women, especially if they're females. <laughs> There's my boyfriend's plane over there. I think he's sitting in the front seat. Happy landing, Jimmy. Merci, uh, Peggy, and thanks. <laughs> they will give me French lines there. Merci, bien, Peggy, and thanks, too. Let's see, this must be the plane. The instructor's sitting in the front seat, ready to go. I'll just step up here on the wing and get in the seat behind him. Okay, buddy, I'm all set. Let's take off. <laughs> This is wonderful soaring up here near Mars and Jupiter. Say, buddy, that was some takeoff. You must be the best instructor here. It gets around. It gets around. <laughs> Where have I heard that voice before? Tell me, do you live in Beverly Hills? Yeah. Roxbury Drive near Sunset? That's right. Are you a short, heavy-set man? Yeah, I'm kind of dumpy. <laughs> What's your name? My name is Victor Moore. Pilot to navigator? Help! <laughs> so don't tell me that's you back there, Jimmy. It ain't how it used. <laughs> I wish it was. Victor, Victor, what a dilemma. You don't know how to fly, and I don't, how, I don't know how to fly. Yeah, what a spot for a third party. <laughs> Victor, this calls for a steady hand. Give me the controls and I'll, I'll make a pancake landing. A pancake landing? That's right. Here goes. Well, don't just sit there past the syrup. <laughs> well, Jimmy, we're failures. There goes our chance to be skyrockets. Dick, that ain't, that ain't the half of it. I just realized I could never be a skywriter anyway. No, why not? Let me tell you about it. I'm not a guy who claims to do a million things. I know my limit. No one's kidding me. But way up in a nap plane right and high in the sky is someplace I know I can never be. I'd make a wonderful skywriter if I only knew how to spell. 5,000 feet above the earth, higher than a bird. Can I go through the dictionary looking up a word? Some guys in the sky can write a whole sentence. They even draw pictures as well. But when I see them writing words, I feel very sad. It's hard enough for me with just a pencil and pad. I'd make a wonderful skywriter if I only knew how to spell. Well, Victor, after our experience, do you still think you want to learn how to fly? No, I'm through. Just wearing high-button shoes gives me a nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, besides all that, skywriting is a very tricky business. I know one skywriter who took off one day... And when he started writing, he discovered someone who put ketchup in his exhaust pipe. Ketchup in his exhaust pipe? What happened? Glendale is now a tomato surprise. <laughs> yes, I'd make a wonderful skywriter if I only knew 
how to spell, yes sir, if I only knew how to spell. Good health to all from Rexall, we hope you're feeling fine. So always call for Rexall, where you see the Rexall sign. Remember, 25% of America buys its drug needs in Rexall drugstores. Rexall is that large and respected family of more than 2,000 different drug products. You can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Available in Rexall drugstores everywhere. Touche, Howard. And I'd like to add, I do my shopping at a Rexall store. Buying Rexall drugs and a furthermore. Umbri, I'll go. He prefers them too. We buy Rexall. That's all. How do you do? You're far away when you... Let me hear that high note, maestro. It's a delectable note, Mr. Durante. A note of anticipation, Mr. Moore. Now, Victor, that you're taking a vacation next week, who do you suppose will be our guest star? None other than that cinema glamour boy, Van Johnson. Oh. Say, so he's the one that's prettier than me, huh? <laughs> I doubt it, Victor, but I'm indebted to Van. He's responsible for me being known as Jimmy the Well-Dressed Man. Since I've known him, I wear suits by Hart, Schaffer, and Marks, shoes by Sears and Roebuck, and shirts by Van Johnson. Jimmy, you mean shirts by Van Heusen? No, Van Johnson. When they get too tight for his neck, they're mine. Well, that's all tonight, folks. From Victor Moore, Peggy Lee, Candy Candido, Roy Bargy, the Crew Chiefs Quartet, yours truly, Howard Petrie, and Jimmy Durante in person. Want to say goodnight, Jim? Good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. This program is produced and directed by Phil... This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.